All right, all right, all right. Michael Gavin here. Mind mechanic, tune up hearts and minds one at a time. So ideas don't die in your heart, your head, or your hard drive. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I am excited here. Mind tune up time live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're catching this elsewhere, not live, come join us live. If you have the time. I uh, appreciate y'all being here. So today, I want to I want to jam on some things. You know, I had a revelation today about, you know, when you get an insider distinction, that insider distinction can change your whole life. Like the thing that you're doing, if you can shift the perspective, have a different distinction of the way you view it, it's it's a game changer. So although I'm tend to lean on the optimistic side of things, there's sometimes things where you can look through a lens of, of deficit, of lack, of um you know, waste. And, and, and I've done a lot of work, so it's not to the depth that it used to be. Um, but, you know, I've, I've started and stopped a lot of things. That's just called spade a spade. I don't need to like hide. I mean, you haven't been following me for more than a few weeks, then you, you might not even think that. So I could just push it under the rug. But my goal is not to push things under the rug. My goal is to share as much as possible so that you can learn and you can grow, you can feel not alone and and hopefully that you can have a distinction like me to where kind of regardless of external circumstances, situations, accolades, accomplishments, debt-free, getting married, getting divorced, this, that, some kind of external thing happening, then you're like, ah, life will be good. Life will be smooth. Life will be easy. Life will be fun. Life will be more enjoyable, right? Without these external things needing to happen, that you can feel what you're hoping you'll feel when blank happens and you can feel it now and so for me i've had a lot of things that i've stopped and started and tried and tested etc etc and at times i viewed the inconsistency through a lens of being again hope anybody who's ever listened i feel like we live in a day and age (laughs) i've been blessed with at least the people who stick around and listen to me i think know where my heart is so if i say something that you know, is a, is a term that shouldn't be used or whatnot, let me know, but I'm always wanting to learn. There's never an intention to be uh, intentionally uh, hateful towards anybody. I don't even think what I'm about to say is, but I digress. Uh, I'll call myself flaky. And, you know, because when you think of people that, like, ah, they, 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 you know, the cry wolf, oh, well, I've seen that before. They're, they're going to stop in a week or even for yourself. If you feel like you know the outcome, so you've done something before and you're using the past to predict the future, then you're going to say, well, I already did that. It didn't work. So this might be similar to that. So maybe I shouldn't do it because it's not going to work. And so I've done a lot of things and I've stopped and started a lot of things. And right now I've been really consistent with these calls. I've done, I think, based on this morning, if I remember the stats correctly, this will be the 34th one of these. So 34 weeks of showing up. I mean, that's over half of a year, right? I guess there's 52 weeks in a year. So two thirds of a year, I've showed up every single week at 2 p.m. And I've done what I'm calling mind tune-up time. Then in January, I started your daily jumpstart, very beginning of January. And since the first Monday in January, I've done one Monday through Friday, except for, I think, three times now. I actually didn't do one yesterday. And two Tuesdays, I didn't do one. Otherwise, I've done one, which I've done 42 of those. And then as I explained uh, 
a few weeks ago or last week, I uh, talked to a guy who has a big YouTube channel. Won't go into all that right now, but he alluded to some things with YouTube shorts or reels and those doing really well right now. And so about six days ago, looking at the stats, I started posting some reels. I had recorded basically, I don't know, five or six or whatever it was at one time. And then I recorded like 45. It took me probably about an hour and a half to record. I think I've been saying like 53, whatever that math comes out to around 53, 50 to 55. And so I've posted them on Facebook reels, Instagram reels, TikTok, and YouTube shorts. And mind you, about 95% of these have been two hours a piece, these calls right now. The Your Daily Jumpstarts have averaged probably about 15 to 20 minutes each. And these reels are 60 seconds. And so the 11, the 11 that I've posted, the same 11, Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram, and on YouTube, the same 11 have been almost 10,500 views, give or take, from 11 minutes of videos done in six days. This has been uploaded to YouTube, podcast, Facebook Live, while it happens, the three places. I've done 34 of them now, but 33 when I did this, and had, that be, if we just call them all two hours, 66 hours of content. If you divide that into minutes, into 60 seconds, that would have been 3,900 of those reels. And then if you take the uh, Your Daily Jump Starts, it was about, I think, 10 and a half hours, uh, which came out to, uh, what was the math there that I had? I posted it. Now I can't remember off the top of my head uh, how many um, reels that would have been by minutes. Um, but what's interesting is these with the 66 hours, two hours a piece every week, it's taken me, you know, doing them weekly. It's taken me 34 weeks to get to 34 of them. And collectively, I think I had about 7,100 views across podcasts, which had the most. They're averaging 100 to 200, 250 on there. Uh, YouTube, they're averaging 30. And then they're averaging 30 to 50 here on Facebook. And then I have my live viewers every week. Um, and and I share this as I've been a little tactical the last few weeks. It's where my mind is. And I, and I know it's mind tune up time, but we all live in a world where it's it's not all and only mind, that's it, right? Now, I do believe that it matters most and everything else is secondary because you can succeed without focusing on that, but you're likely to have more depression, burnout, irritation, frustration, anxiety, stress, uh, achieving accomplishment of a goal or something and then and then being massively dissatisfied. And so I believe when you can build the foundation right, it's game over from there. Everything's just a cherry on top. But when you're building and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get this. And then you're like, wait, wait where, where is that feeling I was hoping that was going to last forever when I achieved this thing I've been working on for six years, right? So um, anyways, so I've recognized that I have spent a exorbitant amount of time on my own personal development, my relationship with my wife and our marriage, and my skill sets to up-level to be able to help people. And there was a post I made last week that was basically like, 
if you keep focusing on certain things though, but you don't have, so if you keep focusing on how to be a better videographer, how to be a better writer, how to be a better editor, how to be a better web designer, designer, how to be a better coach. And that is the only area that you spend time on. Yes, the excellence that you could achieve could definitely get enough word of mouth spreading and things to, to help you grow your business. I, I, I don't discount that at all. Um, but simultaneously, there's a point in time where you've got people and I've been there at stages in my life and you see it. And there was a post I made last week or I didn't make it, but a, a friend of mine who's a fitness trainer was posting that illusion of like, but if you don't have any clients, you know, if you don't have any, any people to work with, continuing like a lot of people have far more than enough skills to go put those skills into action so that they can get people results. But we just keep learning more and more and more about back. Sorry about that. All right. I've recorded a lot of videos on this same exact internet connection in the last two weeks. It's been a little funky because I haven't had any issues prior to the last two weeks. So I don't have to look into that, but uh, I'm back. I'm here. Um, so where was I, where was I, where was I, um, anyway, so if you don't have any clients continuing to up-level the skills alone and not focus any time or energy on your mindset, on your ability to market or promote yourself, um, you, you likely have far more than enough skills already through what you've learned, because whatever you're most kind of obsessed with, you spend an exorbitant amount of time. So a person who's really into to video and wants to do video, like they're probably spending more time on how to edit, how to color grade, the lenses, the cameras and all that. And they're really heavy there versus spending time. How do I, how do I sell projects? How do I get jobs? How do I get clients? You know, how do I put myself out there? Where do I put myself out there? And all of that. Um, and so I realized that, um, you know, I had a YouTube channel that got to 10,000 subscribers, a prior business I ran called Jumpstarters. Um, you know, a lot of the clients that came from that came from my YouTube channel, my YouTube efforts. And around 2015, I stopped. And what's interesting to the revelation today, when I looked at those views, just views, not getting into the semantics of did it get clients, did it get this, just eyeballs, because the views don't lie. If something's got five views, like there weren't 450 people that could have watched it. Like maybe there was something sitting somewhere and people chose to not click that. But there's, there's, there's not the possibility that 500 people listen to it if it says 15 views, right? So just views alone, like I said, I got the 10,500 on the 11 videos that adds up to 11 minutes worth of content. And to record those, I mean, literally probably took me 20 minutes, took me longer to upload the doggone things than it took me to do anything else. Um, But then views on your daily jumpstarts, 42 of them with roughly 10 and a half hours of content took me, you know, two and a half months uh, to record Add 2,100 views. Now I only had that only on Facebook, uh, but even the Facebook alone with the reels out of the 11 minutes was over 5,000. And then the mind tune up time, um, like I said, was about 7,100, uh, but it was like 66 hours of content. And so I'm a man that effectively, you know, there's things in life I want to last. There's things I want to have take longer. And then there's other things that like, 
I love an interaction and I could sit with somebody at a coffee shop or talking on the phone or whatever for hours and time will just absolutely evaporate. And it's not that I do not enjoy that because I do <laughs> very much so. But when it comes to like somebody who feels stuck and they're, they're, they're wanting to, to move, they're wanting to take an action, but they're unclear of what action to take. And there's just this head trash holding them back. Um, like, I don't want to dilly, dilly dag around. Like, I want to get that person relief as quick as possible. I don't want to drag it on for six months. I don't want to drag it on for 14 hours. Like, if I can help someone in five minutes go, oh, my gosh, mind blown, and they're moving, and they're taking action, and they're excited, and they're enthusiastic again, and they're energized, and they're motivated, then that's what I want to do. That's my goal. And so when I think of my time being spent and where I'm spending it and what I'm doing, you know, I'm very aware that like for me and my production company, ironically, it was about a three and a half to four minute video was my absolute sweet spot. And you take the whole trajectory of my video career. And that was my sweet spot of a finalized product that I would give somebody was, you know, on the, on the lowest end, a minute, you know, 90 seconds, typically on the highest end, about four and a half to five minutes. That, that was the range. Now I did things where I made hour-long things and 30-minute things and 12-minute things, eight-minute things. But over and over again, I loved doing the most and people loved receiving the most and the most engagement happened from the shorter thing. And and yet I, I get into these loops like on here. I mean, these things I can easily, and I've had this, I've done, I've done, I've had 20, 30, 40, 50 people on a call before. And it starts, let's say with, you know, well, back when I did this one company last year, I mean, I'd start with 180 people sometimes who didn't know what they were really coming into, but sure the heck wasn't expecting to get what I gave them. And you figure, I can't see people's faces just like here. So if you leave, I don't know that you leave necessarily. You're not like staring at me and then just like piecing out because you're, you know, bored out of your mind. And so the interesting thing is, is like, if there was, well, do easy math, 200, two hours in, people had no idea who I was, never heard me in their life and did not come expecting to get what I ended up delivering. It was not the same thing, but yet. I'd keep 60, 70, 80% of those people for two hours. So I, I know I'm doing something right. Because if you were bored out of your freaking mind and then people who come back week after week and things like that. So I know that there's, there's value. I know I enjoy this. But simultaneously, um, it's just fascinating because um, I had the mindset that it took me physically in person in my presence, be flying to you or you flying to me or driving to me or me driving to you and spending six to eight hours together where I hear you and I talk and I talk a lot. And, and then you have this transformation. And when I started using an app called Voxer a couple of years ago, um, three years ago now, 2019, you know, I didn't know if I could help people. That's like basically sending voicemails. And I was very like, I don't know. And I did some tests. And now I literally just got a person that I had sent roughly 30 to 40 minutes of audios didn't hear from them for a week then responds to me listen to them three times three times and i was in tears every time now i would have never three and a half years ago thought that i could just send somebody some voice memos basically voicemails voice memos voice audios not an in sync physically impress you know in person 
interaction or a phone for two and a half hours straight or three hours that I could have that kind of impact. And then you start to realize you can have the impact in any vehicle, any medium, any way, any format. And so, you know, what I'm playing around with, the, the, the days that I missed on your daily jumpstart, I also did um, the Tuesdays I did this. So I still released the piece of content. And then number two, um, yesterday, I still released three of these uh, reels. So what I've realized in my post today, and hopefully this will be the shift for you, if you're at this place of feeling you're being inconsistent, you don't stick to things and, you know, why start if you're going to stop? And, and this word just popped up and I've used it before in different contexts as I've talked about imperfect action. Uh, but I started to view the way, like who I am and what I enjoy is experimentation as a curious scientist doing tests. And doing experiments. And that was like, boom, for me, because I have always been in an interesting way, as much as I, I, I love coaching people, that's probably my number one, the interaction. And when I hear you, I can help you. But like, when I think of these calls, I think of myself like a reporter, like a scientist. And I, I'm basically experimenting on my own life my my friends, my family, my wife, you know, in, in the sense of like the, the 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 mindset, the perspective, the conversations, the communications, you know, uh, feeling at peace and ease and happy and enjoying life and not being in a constant state of distress and irritation and frustration. Like I'm always, I'm learning myself. I'm trying and testing things and I'm exploring. I have enough self-awareness to be able to observe what's happening and then share it. And share how I process things, why I do things, and why I start and stop things. And, and that viewpoint allowed me to kind of go, uh, it's more for me with this kind of work, it's being consistent in general, not the title or the series that I'm calling something, but that I keep showing up consistently. And there's been those times where I showed up consistently for three months, and then everywhere, outside of whatever I did in private, I just fell off planet Earth. And look, I, I get it. There's seasons of life and whatever. But a, a big thing for me is that um, trying to stick to any one thing when sometimes I may be out of, like, I'm just eh, not feeling it anymore, is that ability to be okay with stopping and not think that I'm being flaky, that I'm being this, or for you, that you're stopping something that maybe even worked. Maybe it didn't work, but this have to stick to it. You don't want to give up. You don't want, what are people going to think? But just flipping it to experimentation. You love, you're an explorer, you're an experimenter, you're a scientist. I think of Edison and the light bulb and the thousands of not failures, but just different ways that it didn't work. Now, for some people, the experimentation and not getting to a result that you then do could be frustrating. Well, that was for me for a long time. And the more now, just even today, a different sense of relief that I've already had from this, like looking at things through a project lens, experimentation, a, a scientist, experiments, you know, the test and the trials. 
and just enjoying doing that, being kind of this guinea pig and exploring and not being afraid to do that. Cause that's one thing that I've done really well, get knocked down and get back up and get knocked down and get back up. Whereas a lot of people and people I've helped, if you've been knocked down, you have a really difficult time getting back up. And so for me to just not have to stand on a, on a mountaintop, like I got all the answers and I'm smart and I don't have any problems or challenges. It's never difficult for me. Everything's amazing 24 seven, 365. And I have all the answers that you'll never need to, you know, uh, go anywhere else. It's like, no, I'm, I'm a human being that, that has trials and tribulations and difficulties and challenges. And, and I, I stuff get stuck and confused and, and, you know, whatever else human emotions that people have, right? But I just view it all through a far different lens than I did a number of years ago, or that I feel like most people view life and view their quote unquote struggles through. Where are we at? Facebook, Zoom, right? Yeah, motivation, get back up. I love to watch a baby learning to walk. Hey, that's great. You know, it's absolutely fantastic. And I think that some people shy away from that, you know, shy away from like, I don't want to show my vulnerabilities, my difficulties, my confusion, my learnings. Like, I just want to get through it all. Then I'll share. Well, I think that depends on what you're trying to accomplish, right? And how you're trying to appear to people. If you're trying to appear perfect, like you have no flaws, like you got everything figured out, well, then sharing the way I share probably won't serve you too well, right? Because then people will see your flaws and see your you know challenges and your difficulties and your imperfections. But for me, it's a beautiful thing. I wish more people did. And I think more and more people are doing it. But I think that people would have less um, frustration at times if they knew what everyone is. Because, I mean, even just, even just looking at follower counts of things. Like, I saw some of these people who were kind of in the space that I'm doing. You see them on TikTok. They got 100,000 followers. And I quickly go to, but I don't know, they might not even make $20,000 a year. It doesn't mean that because they have 100,000 followers, they're freaking making a million dollars or that a million dollars is the goal. But like we start to, we start to um, like the work I did by like 2013, 2014 in my wedding business, you know, somebody came up to me at a reception and was like, oh man, we, that, that video is amazing. It was so great. We wish we could have booked you. And, uh, you know, but oh gosh, we couldn't afford you, man. $15,000 a little steep. And I thought to myself, wow, it's incredible. I would love to meet the person who paid me $15,000 for a wedding video because I haven't met them yet and I haven't got paid yet. I don't know who they are, right? Because that never happened. I think the most I ever got before I got out of weddings was like 6,000 and I averaged about 35 to maybe 4,500. But people like he worked with Tony Robbins. He did this. He does that. The work looks like this. And you compare it to this and that. You start plugging all these things in and you make up something in your mind. You make an assumption. And I guarantee everybody listening to this right now is in a constant state of making assumptions about different things. Some things far more than others. And what are those assumptions doing to your motivation? Right? For me right now, 
not the assumptions or the comparison, but looking at that out there is helping me narrow my focus. Because I know in the power of focus, the more distractions, the more splintered your focus, especially if you're not getting much help, if you're not delegating much out and you're adding things, then it's, it's time, right? Like right now, without getting somebody else, it's a little bit more difficult to delegate these reels because they can't be scheduled with other software. Like it, it's a little bit more complicated. So up, it's possible, but up front right now, it's like easier for me to do it. And it's like, Again, I probably spent an hour and a half recording 50 something of them, but it takes 10 to 20 minutes to like post them between like make sure check some hashtags, do this, do that. It's like, so that adds up. And if I wanted to be even remotely efficient, post more than one a day, you know, or at least post one a day, like that still takes up time. It's not spent in conversation with somebody and interaction with my wife, with my pup, whatever. So you just see that as you add layers of things on to your, your life or your business, that's where the overwhelm kicks in, the stress, the anxiety, the frustration. I want to see what Clayton said here. Uh, if you're still on here, lowering expectations for yourself, let yourself thrive. Love the mindset adjustment. Let yourself try things without expecting results. Let the results come naturally. Yeah, I love that. You know, I think that expectations are a fascinating thing and being able to calibrate them across like your expectations of others is likely where your frustrations are. Because when other when you set expectations on people and they don't live up to your expectations, there's a gap and that gap causes frustration. When you set expectations that, you know, you should have this by this date and you don't, if you don't have the right attitude or mindset or perspective on it and you don't accomplish that thing, you might tend to view it through a lens of pessimism and deficit and loss rather than a gain still. And I've done my best to practice being in an overall state of gain, regardless of what's happening, right? It's not adding more and more and more stuff, but simply as I act in the world, experiment, test, trial, explore, it's all a gain. No matter what happens, I'm winning. You can think whatever of that that you want, but that works for me versus win-loss because I'm not playing in a sport against everybody else in the world and then such and such is going to win and I'm going to lose like a football game, a basketball game, a soccer game, or any other sport where it's competitive and there's a winner and there's a loser. I don't have to be a loser in life. You do not have to be a loser in life because there is an abundance. There is so much to go around from love, from money, from everything. Now, how it's distributed and all that, I'm not here to get into politics, but by and large, there is enough, right? And so I don't need to be in competition with anybody else, and they're taking from my pond or my pool of business, of money, of of anything. And so the... Ability to look at everything I do, whether I do something for three weeks and stop, or I try this thing and it doesn't work, or I try this thing and I don't like, like, it doesn't matter. It is an experiment. And that experiment has an outcome, but it doesn't have to be a loss. I don't have to be a loser. You don't have to be a loser because of the outcome. And you get to choose that each and every single day in each and every single thing you do. And when I say you, some things like that, it's like, I find that 
there are people who do this and it's, it's powerful if you do. And if you're in the coaching profession or whatnot, or in general, if you're listening, most people are likely without the awareness or sharing it, they're talking to themselves. Nobody takes me seriously. Everybody just sees me as a hobbyist. I really wish people would, would, would value me more. It's really difficult if I need you, Gail, or you, Clayton, or or you, Tashina, I got to change you for me to feel better about me. So I need you to value me. I need you to see me as a professional. The problem is we're a reflection. Like everything we see is a reflection of us. Like we get to create our world and our reality. You know, some people it's raining and it's a crappy day. Some people it's raining, they go out and dance. It's still just rain. You give meaning to the rain. You give meaning to the war. You give meaning to the love, the light, the death, the hurt, the pain, the suffering. You give the meaning to it. So I can say, I don't take myself seriously. Now I can do something about it. I see myself as a hobbyist. Now I can do something about it. I don't see a lot of value in myself now i can do something about it but if it's always you they them outside of me over there somewhere on that thing over with that achievement then it's always going to be out of reach Questions? Questions, thoughts? Where you at? Deep, uncomfortable silence. Love that. We can go on that topic for a second. Gail saying, I think sometimes the flip side of that is that people feel threatened by the achievements of others. You want to say that? So see, I, 
I also think that it's, it's fascinating. So like, there's the example when I just hear that. So where does that sit in your life? Because not everybody would make that statement. So why did you make that statement? Do you truly have zero attachment to that statement for self? Or are you taking this because your friend or somebody that you're friends with, that's how they feel, right? Right, because that's the thing I'm exactly saying here. You're saying this. I think that sometimes the flip side of that is people, right? People, who's people? Is it Susie, Sally, George, Jackson, your friend, your mom, your dad? Is Who are the people? Or is the people, I think sometimes the flip side is that I feel threatened by the achievements of others. Instead of working to improve myself, I lash out at others. I'm not saying you do. I'm not saying that's you. I'm just saying, think that through. Where is that coming from? That's that exact thing I'm saying when we're saying the people, they, right? When we're making a statement. And I've done this a million times and I got called out so much. And I'd say about seven to eight out of 10 times, like they were right. Like this wasn't about the people, them, they, over there, everybody, everyone, somebody, somewhere, right? Um, you know, so it's just interesting. It's always interesting to view that when we make a statement, where is that coming from? Now, they're just taking that as non, you know, a neutral statement for you. Everything has a, 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 a light, dark side. Like it's difficult to have positive without negative. That's how our world goes. It's just sometimes we're viewing the world. Like if there's a hundred people applying for a job and it's only one position being hired, 99 people. If one gets hired out of the 100 that apply, 99 of those people, depending on their attachment to getting that role, are likely to be disappointed when they don't get it. Now, some will find meaning. Oh, well, thank God I didn't need to, <laughs> I didn't want that job anyways. I'm so relieved that they didn't hire me. And we, can, we play all these stories. Some people just don't care. And others are super like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? Maybe they put tons of time and energy and they thought that's going to be the game changer in their life. So one winner, I'm pumped. Oh my God, honey, I won. I'm so excited, right? In your life and family and everybody's like, oh, congratulations. Good job. And then all these other people, it's okay. It's going to be all right. Right. So we go through life when, when there's, when there's loss, when there's losers, when there's things not working, whatever. Somewhere along the line, there's on the flip side, something's working, right? When there's certain law jobs lost because computers come in and, and, and make that, you know, um, obsolete, somebody along the line somewhere, whether it's a programmer, you know, a coder, whomever, there's more of them being hired, right? And so we just have to look. And I think part of the message of today's message is like, I can be hyper freaking attached to the fact that. I like to talk longer. Like I just, it's, it's easier for me to get on here and do what I'm doing for the next five hours straight. But for it to impact beyond and not look, and I have to ride this fine line because this is not a disconnect between you all being a value who are on this call, whether there's one person or there's a million people, there's value in every single person. But my choices, your choices, as you go upon your days of what does and does not, you know, contribute to the fact that I talk about, if you didn't need money, what would you do? That can get you some clarity around what you want to work towards. But we do live in a world that requires money. So I can find enormous contentment in a lot of ways in my life right now. Not complacency, but contentment. I'm very satisfied. I'm very happy. Um, 
like I said, I could be on here with the ADU, walk away and be pumped. Now, I know if I just get on a call with 8, 10, 15 people, don't charge them anything, don't do anything, don't sell sponsorship, don't do anything with money. And don't do anything to promote it. Don't do anything. Just show up to this call. Just there's people who subscribe to this. And I just, whoever shows up, shows up. And I never, ever, ever ask for money. Like I'd be satisfied being on the call for the next four and a half hours doing what I'm doing. And then going hang out with my wife and doing whatever. But I also simultaneously know that if I do zero beyond this call, I'll have probably a hard time making a living unless the handful of people on here, I do charge and I charge an enormous amount of money so I can make my living, which people do. I filmed masterminds that were $25,000 masterminds. There's 10 people in it. That's 250 grand. But if you got 10 people in something for 25 bucks, you made $250. Still might take the same amount of time. I just did one of these reels on this. This bottle of water can be put under the sink for the next 18 hours. It's still going to hold this amount of water in it. The capacity of this is what the capacity is. Plug a hose into the ocean and it's going to freaking never, it's just wave back and forth. You're never going to see anything technically change because the capacity of the ocean is somewhat limitless, right? So see, for me, when it comes to serving clients and coaching, I love the work I do with the few, 100%. And for me, the tune-up hearts and minds, one at a time. But something, and I've said this before, I don't know if any of you can relate to the work that you're doing today or the work that you feel called to um, that you can't shake. So there's things I keep listening to my heart, listening to my gut, listening to my intuition, Right, listening to my inner being, listening to God. There's stuff inside of me that's speaking that keeps pushing me towards certain things. I feel like it chooses me. I don't choose it. In the paths I've taken in life so far, I don't feel a lot of them I really ended up choosing. I feel like it's chosen me. So my firm belief is I can make phenomenal money and not do anything on the internet. Nobody would ever know Michael Gebbins' name. Do they need to know Michael Gebbins' name? They do not need to know Michael Gebbins' name. But there is something that keeps calling me to go, there's people, the people on this call, those of you who've been here week after week after week, and those of you who've sent me messages when maybe I haven't heard anything from you. I don't know if what I'm even saying is helping, right? But I trust and have faith that it is. And then when that message comes through, that's like, I've been here for the last six months. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This has been amazing. This is what's happened in my life. That's why I do it. And so all these skills I've developed to be able to get on a video like this or practice recording these little short videos, like these things are allowing me to get a message out with the tools and technology that exist today and have my voice and, and the way I speak and the stories that I tell help somebody. And since I'm in the helping industry and world and that's what i feel called to do then i'm in an experimentation of what's the best ways to do that so then i can then share with others who may want to do that as well i didn't choose to work with corporations or being nfts but i think i have a skill to make things simple and reach a lot through those skills i started mostly with one-on-one on zoom but moving away from that word for 
word for this year is surrender and I just follow. I love that. So beautiful. Mass and perfect action or mass and then analyze and adjust. It's so beautiful, right? Like, like why, that's why I love, like why Tashina has been on the path that she's on and the journey that she's on and NFTs and the corporations. Like I don't have anything to do with people in NFTs and I don't have anything to do with corporations, right? The two sectors of people the most in my life right now are quite frankly, some form of, you know, light worker, coach, consultant, you know, teacher, trainer, healer, like those helper words and then creatives, but primarily videographers. Cause that's my background. Right. That was my that's mainly the people I've helped outside of kind of coaching. So now what I can do can help a lot of different people. But those are the two people that I can have the most resonance with. And when I look out there at these broad strokes of people kind of talking about different things, um, you know, it's interesting. It's like, well, there's people or coaches helping real estate people because they're in real estate. Like, could I help somebody who comes to me with real estate? Sure. Like in the mindset side of things? Absolutely. I know that there's a variety of people that listen to me. Uh, but by and large, they fall into the category of I want to be a helper, a healer, a coach. A, I want to serve people. I want to help people. Or they fall into the video background because that's where I had a lot of success in. But even as I analyze that for myself, because I've done this in video once, I've done it a few times, and, and hopefully this helps you, is that there's places that you feel like, like if any of you played sports, now I haven't played sports or been much into sports since like high school, 35, so that's like 17 years ago. But I think most can understand like, baseball now if you haven't done it at all golf baseball what are the things you hit hit a puck you know you hit hit a baseball you hit a you hit a you hit a golf ball but like if you've ever done that like there's there's those times when you hit it and it just man you just feel like boom i i hit it on the mark and then there's the times where like you know that it just didn't feel right and so what I found more and more every day as i analyze the various ways that i can coach and help and serve people um, and then as I explore and it, you can't help, but compare for me, I do it in the best positive sense I can to eliminate and, and narrow focus me is that I, for a long time have people have come to me because of business, especially in the video world. Like you see the observables, the observables, because most people don't know what to ask. They don't know what to say. And then I didn't know what to ask or say for a long time. There's that aspect that you say, well, what, what do I say? How do I sell? Where do I market? How do I market? What do I do when I market? How do I call somebody? Where do I knock on the door? If I knock on the door, what do I say? What do I do? Like there's all that how-to stuff. And I've always felt like I don't quite hit the mark when people start bringing up all the how-to. Now, I, I observe those things. I'm not... <laughs> incompetent entirely like it's not like i have no knowledge or awareness about things that i've done it's not that i can't provide any help or support but there's always been an offness about that and i think it's because when i look at my career and then i look at other people who teach and train and and do have courses and programs and books they're very analytical and how they can look at life and try to make it repeatable or try to pump it into a formula or framework or do this 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 and this and I've never been that guy. And so when I look at my life, I look at it as, as very unpredictable. I look at a lot of people's lives as pretty much unpredictable. And people try to put predictions to it. 
well, that is what it is. But like, I'm still not the person who hyper has tons of strategies that you absolutely can go and execute on because it really fundamentally boils down to I've, I got really great at what I did. I loved people. and I, I did my best for people. Um, but there wasn't enormous amounts of strategy to it. And I, I feel if somebody looked at the success I had, they'd be, I'd be one of those people that say he did everything wrong. Like he didn't do anything right. Like he didn't follow the rules. So then to tell somebody just do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, X, Y, you know, one, two, three, four, it's not a one, two, three, four thing. But what I find is that my ability to hear somebody, when I hear you, I can help you. My ability to hear somebody, hear where they're stuck, hear all the confusion. Like I love Tashina's line. I mean, it is what it is. She's going around saying bass and perfect action, intentional action. I love her chaos to clarity, right? Not that those words are exclusive to Michael Kevin or Tashina Gonzalez, right? Massive imperfect action or imperfect action or MIA or, you know, chaos and clarity or chaos to clarity, clarity to chaos. Like, right, like that's just not true. Um, but it's true. Like, that's what I love. I love, I have such a chaotic brain, but I'm really phenomenal at compassionately listening to people and helping them make that decision that has them stuck, confused, a weight on their shoulders, and unlocking that, unleashing them so that then they, boom, they hit that mark and they start, m- m- magic happens. Right? That's why I think about Tashina. Tashina is a great example of someone who shows up here every week, but then some of you have been here that know of like that idea of, you know, if you, I love the other analogy, which is kind of what happened here with Tashina. If you are a person who I brought this up before a few times recently, but like if you had an objective to cut down this tree that you have in your backyard, but you have zero awareness that anything other than a butter knife exists to cut down the tree. And so you're there hacking away at the butter knife, right? Using the butter knife, hacking away at the tree I made. Right. And then somebody walks along and it's like, what the hell are you doing? And they look and they go, you know, there's chainsaws. Now, there's going to be people like, yeah, I know there's a chain. Well, excuse me. I just hit my phone over there. You know, I, now, granted, I just said they didn't know anything. But yeah, I know there's a chainsaw. Right? I don't want to use chainsaw, man. I'm being tough. I got to do it this way. Right. Yeah, but I get it. There's those people like I'm doing it intentionally. Right. I want to make life harder than it needs to be. But for all the other people who are just like, no, I didn't know about that, right? And they come along, and now you're presented with two options. Do I keep using the butter knife, or do I use the chainsaw? The irony is, in that scenario, it's very simple. But I think for a lot of people, what's one person's chainsaw is someone else's butter knife, right? So like Tashina you know, came from the Sam car world and everything. I think a lot of the current people might be listening, came from that. And it's like, you know, it's very much, you know, you need to run ads, you need to sell a course, da, 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 da. Right. And for her, that was a butter knife. And then I just, I hear some things and this is what she does so well from people. Then I hear some things and it's like, you don't have to do it that way. Wait, hold on. I don't. Okay. You're right. Okay. And then boom gets this other way and it's like, boom, unleash the Kraken, right? Like unleash the person, you know, and all of a sudden it's a you know, rocket fuel to the rocket ship. And I love doing that for people. 
I love doing that for people, for people who are stuck and confused and they're frustrated with something because they're using the butter knife and the butter knife isn't working, but they don't know that the chainsaw exists. And they may never know until someone like me, it doesn't have to be me specifically, but somebody like me comes along and says, hey, there's, some, there's another way you could do this. And then the relief happens. And then when they see the, the light and they're excited, they'll start moving. All right. So it's great stuff. Um, I want to be clear for those on recording, on, well, recording the recording or lack thereof. Um, that is a thing that I'm going to start. I know, I know Tashina, you follow Rich Litvin, and I know that he talks about, if you listen to him enough, um, that it's not about the time. When I say it's not about the time, meaning he'll talk about how, you know, he's got a hour long scheduled call with a coaching client and he's always looking for insight. The insight's that moment of clarity where it's like, okay, for this moment, like that's what I needed. And it's something I even practice more and more because I can tend to be like fire hose, right? But so this is a practice I'm going to start having and, and make sure that some of you, I mean, I'll say these things, but that some of you know this, like um, uh, I'm not going to continue. So I'm going to continue to do my tune-up time calls. And for those of you who are you know, coaching clients, we could all talk about that in Voxer and everything as well. I'm going to 100% keep doing these. But the one thing that's to, to, to be sure no matter what is that one thing I'm going to start practicing is what Rich Lipton would say is like an insight moment. So if he has an hour-long call and the coaching client's paying him for an hour-long call, the way he's developed his relationships and in his work is if the insights had in 15 minutes, they get off the call. They don't go for 45 more minutes just simply because it's supposed to be two hours. And I think what you find is because that's also at certain levels, a very specific type of person, right? So busy executives, people in corporate, people, you know, who, who value their time more than maybe others do at times are like, all right, I'm good. Like, let's keep moving. And so that's something I'm practicing more and more every day is that like doing this call and forcing it into two hours for me to go on and on and on. Like I've had 50 nuggets probably that's already been said, you know? And so um, if there are plenty of questions, I love interaction and I love, you know, questions. So if there's plenty of like, I am stuck with this. I have a question and I need help with this. And I really, I, I want to get unstuck with this. I need clarity with this. I need your help. I want to ask you a question about this. Uh, happy to stay on longer. But if it's just a comment here and there in the, in the chat and then zero dark 30 silence when I go silent for five minutes, <laughs> then I'm going to wrap these up in probably 30 minutes to an hour. Um, so, uh, so that's that. So if any of you have any questions, but believe me, I am happy. When there are questions, interaction, that is my favorite thing. Um, I'm, I'm just practicing more and more that the like solo stuff where I'm just kind of talking without much interaction or I'm not coaching anybody or I'm not doing that. That's where an area I'm going to continue to uh, uh, shorten as a practice for me because I know that it, um, it's not necessarily even necessary. Like it's, it's, it's old, it's old patterns that still exist that aren't necessarily serving. So I used to go for three or four hours on things like this and stuff because I had to, I had to, uh, I had to impress, right? I'm good. I'm good. I can talk. I can do this thing. I'm really good at what I do. Let me keep pounding it. Let me keep pounding it. Let me keep pounding it. 
right? And, and I had a lot of this, I got to impress you. I got to prove to myself. I got to prove that I'm good. I got to, I got to keep over, 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 over giving, you know, I'm not giving you enough. It's not helpful enough. Let me keep giving more. And so, um, yeah, that's just, that's where I'm at. And I'm like, I'm at a place in my life where I'm not, and we all go through these phases. So I continue to be the person who's like the kid falling down and get back up. But this aspect of like the guinea pig, you know, the experiment of the scientist is that um, to have the courage to share these things. Because I think that sometimes we're sticking with things that don't work anymore because we're trying to still, what are we going to let people down? They're going to be upset. What are they going to think? They're going to judge. And, and I think the interesting thing is, is that, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that, um, I've said this before, but I'd still have a paper out. I'd still be helping my mom clean houses. I'd still be working at Jimmy John's, the beer distributor. I'd still be shooting weddings. I don't know that slideshows for funeral homes will exist much anymore, but like there's so many things that I have, I have transitioned out of that at the time of doing it. I mean, I remember 20 years after I had my paper out walking my grandpa at the mall and somebody had delivered their papers to 20 years prior that I'd never seen. I was still their best paper boy they ever had, you know? And they were like, man, it was never the same after that. And so um, anyways, I always moved. uh, Yeah, I moved to always stating sessions, attaching it from an hour. Like my corporate clients, I'm like, sessions can be 45 minutes to two hours, depending on how many questions you have people. You you people, depends on how many questions you people have. No, uh, your people have. Uh, one of my current clients, we end at 15 minutes sometimes. And at first I did questions when she, when she would feel like she isn't getting her money's worth. Uh, and at first I did question, would she feel like she isn't getting her money worth? But definitely realize if we get to the point, I find a tool to share and a question is answered, I, it should be fine. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that more and more, and it all depends on what's being done, right? It all, all depends on what being what's being done and what you're trying to accomplish. But um, you know, I remember people telling me, and remember, we, we see others as we are, not typically as they are. Most people are very unaware. So they're projecting their limitations, their beliefs, their inadequacies onto you. And so back in the day when I did wedding videos and did these short videos, and that's what I love to do and what people loved. And, you know, they always ranged. It wasn't this, I have to, I have to deliver a, now granted, I still set some barrier. Like I wasn't going to be like, yeah, here's a 30 second wedding video for you. You know, but it was really about three and a half to five minutes. That was where I felt solid getting it to roughly about three and a half minutes long. But I wouldn't force it to be five. And and I just wouldn't go much below the 315 to 330. Uh, but it worked. That was just, that was the number. But that wasn't a huge range between three and a half minutes and 33 minutes, right? Now, and I'm not saying that you should have 45 to two hours. So it still depends on what you're trying to accomplish. But like, I had so many people like, you can't deliver a three and a half minute video. Nobody's going to pay for that. Like you got to deliver the longer stuff. People want the longer stuff. And I'm like, what people? I, I've done the longer stuff and the people that I do it for don't watch it. The people I do it for, because all that matters for anybody that's listening to this, if you're an entrepreneur, self-employed, freelancer, contractor, whatever, is who you do work for. Not who Johnny Jackson, Sally, Susie over here, 80 states away, right? 
or somebody on TikTok or YouTube or somewhere else, how they work and what works for them. There's things to learn from that. I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm not saying that it doesn't apply at all. But I am saying that at times when, when you're doing something that can be working and then somebody tells you, you shouldn't do that. You can't do that. That won't work. Like you got to have enough self-awareness and confidence to really question that and not constantly doubt yourself, which I've had seasons of that through my whole career in life of where I felt very inadequate about something. So then I looked to people smarter, wiser, quote unquote, air quote, than me. And I would have these things I liked or that worked and I would allow them to, to tell me that I shouldn't do it. When it was working and I liked it, the people I worked for liked it. So it doesn't matter that there are people out there who may be coaches or may do certain things or designs that their clients are the way they work. It's a certain way. That doesn't mean it's your way, right? The whole thing, create your life your way, right? You get the opportunity to make my way decisions each and every single day and say, this is my way. This is what works for me and be okay with that and stand strong for that. Um, So no questions have come in. It's a hour in. I discovered that my stats analytics that one of my short shortest podcasts at the most listens. I was surprised. I'm sure there were other factors, but I do. Yeah. And that's the thing, Gail, too, right? Like uh, I was about to stop, but like, see, when things come in, it triggers me. Um, but I used to do same day edits and like just using that again as an example, I would do ones where I was fired up. I'm like the best video I've ever made in my life and like seemed to be crickets when I showed it. It was like, okay. That's odd. I mean, it wasn't like total crickets necessarily, but just like, nah, no, nah, you know, meh. You know, I'm like, wow, oh. people get more excited or whatever. And then there'd be other videos I did where I like wanted to crawl up under the desk and like hide myself and not show it. And people be lined up talking to me, be booking weddings for the next week. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know, so it, it's, it's, we, we've got to detach from ourselves at times and just, just do and just let, if we're doing something that's in connection with people, right? Like there's receivers on the other end of this right now, right? You're saying podcast, you know, there's, there's receivers on the other end of that. And, you know, that's what I was saying about the whole thing I'm talking about today on certain levels, when you're doing things where there are stats, where you're loading videos up and posting stories and doing podcasts and these things, like these stats don't lie. Like they do work to some degree, right? Like, again, if it says 10 views, it doesn't mean 10,000 listened. No, it means 10 had an opportunity to listen to one second to the whole thing, right? Like, if there's 10 people on this right now, there's not a 1,000 people listening to this right now somewhere. Like, and if I don't upload it anywhere, then the only people here are those who you on this call right now. That's it. I, I can't convince myself that a 1,000 other people heard it. It didn't. It doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make you guys bad. But like, so those things, like when we see that there may be something there, there may not, but that's why we also need, you know, consistency with something, right? Like there, there was a YouTube short I did and, you know, two days ago, it was like four days after it was loaded, you know, so immediately I'm like, okay, it didn't, uh, it didn't get like, like it's got 20 views. And then boom, it all of a sudden shot up. It's got 884 and I gained some subscribers off of it. So like, you know, don't cut yourself short sometimes either. Don't do something again. 
those of you who are helping people like health in regards to their weight and things like that, you can't work out once for 24 hours and not eat and expect to lose 100 pounds. It's just going to take time and consistency. But most people being able to, to go from wanting to lose 100 pounds to the next day, the 100 pounds are gone. Like that's a lot of life and business. It doesn't it doesn't happen for ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the population. Like that stuff doesn't happen. You don't put one Instagram video up and it gets a million views. It happens. Yes, it happens. But those are the water lottery ticket moments. For some people, they may put up ninety seven videos or TikToks or YouTubes and nothing happens. And that ninety eighth one blows up and everything takes off. And that's a reminder for myself right now, my friends. All right. (laughs) I focus on being better than I was yesterday. It's easier to make progress like that. I have also noticed that as a plan, my next step, I've been having trouble see what I need to do. Um, So talk about that, buddy. I literally have, I literally daily have someone in my dms or email offering an audit website social media people claiming i'm needing it for sales and i'm easily able to say no thank you would it be good perhaps do i need it no i'm connecting with new people all over in person networking tonight and new platforms twitter last three months tiktok starting this month yeah and you're great at that i watched the same day at a wedding reception it was truly touching gorgeous raw beautiful beautifully imperfect still remember today yeah that's yeah see gail that made a big impact it's awesome Worked for you, uh, Mark. I like what you said. Better today than I was yesterday. That's it. 1% better, right? It's never a loss or never a loser. It's always a gain. But that's a choice to look at it that way. So people say, oh, that's Pollyanna. Oh, that's this. Oh, that's that. Well, that's that's my choice. That's your choice. You can have everything be a loss and a deficit and you're a loser and now it didn't work. Ah." Or you can go, well, what did I learn? What's the lesson that I learned that I can take into my tomorrow? I can take into my today. And make it a little tweak, make a little adjustment, right? So so you want to say any more about that, Mark? I don't know if you want to be on camera for a second. I'm happy to take you on if you'd like. It's up to you. I don't know what you got going on today. Okay. Absolutely. So, I know that that's, I'm I'm, going to take this Julia real quick, uh, Mark, and then I'll pull you on. So any ideas for finding local people offline for my pre-life workshops, maybe connect with wellness or yoga studios and send out flyers. Um, So this is the interesting thing I was kind of bringing up. I don't know if, I think you were on audio, but like, that's where I go, look, when I help someone get clarity, like I think Julia right now, the clarity is that like, that's what you want to do. You're, 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 you're set. And that's, that's what I want for anybody. I want them to find that thing that lights them up. And then I want to encourage them that they can do that. And then it's like, how bad 
Do you want that? What are you willing to do to get that? Because there's going to be time. There's going to be a time delay from you having nobody showing up to a couple of people showing up to hundreds of people showing up. And part of that is continuing to do it. And, and so, but when you know you want to do that, like when I unlock that in somebody, I do believe that there are people that have more strategy. It's something, so I'm going to bring this up. This is one of my little, little squirrels and I, 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 I haven't chased the squirrel yet. I just, I see the squirrel, not chasing the squirrel. Um, but something that I'm really playing around with is, um, and I'm not sure exactly how it's going to happen, business on these calls, but um, I do know where my sweet spot is, is, is lying more and more. So let's say I help uh, a videographer decide that he wants to, 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 to go after business videos and make these three-minute videos. Like, yes, that's it. I've done a few of them, and I want more clients doing that. Like, once that's unlocked, or real estate, yeah, you know what? I, I'm thinking about weddings. I'm thinking about real estate. I'm thinking about this. And I'm like, all right, let's go explore, experiment, just, you know, and one guy did it that I'm doing some stuff with right now. I'm like, hey, there's 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 freaking, you know, realtors and open houses happening within an hour radius likely of you every weekend. Like, you don't need even email or call. Just show up in your freaking camera to the house and say, hey, you know, I'm not going to get in the way. I'm going to make something here for you and like do that. He did that. There's already relationships and momentum happening. But like, if he really decides, yes, thank you. Now, after I was stuck for the last three months, not taking any action, and you gave me the clarity to go, oh, of the 40 things I'm thinking of, here's the three things to go after. Like, and now I did them and now I go real estate. I'm going, okay, I'm not the person to help you grow a real estate company. Like, I, I, I never had a real estate videography company. I mean, there's little tidbits I can tell you, but I'm the mind, I'm the clarity, I'm the confidence, I'm the conviction. Right. And so that aspect where what I'm talking about doing and I've, I've got about 63 people on a list so far, about, you know, 80 percent of the people are videographers and photographers. And then the other 20 percent are like musicians and the flower shops and these different types of businesses, some coaches and uh, starting to have people on who are living and breathing in that space. And they desire to mentor people, but not have mentoring and coaching businesses. because. Um, And so I'm, I'm going to get to the answer here again on that as well for, for Julia. But so what I'm saying is, is that I think that the unfortunate thing is a lot on the internet is that let's just use video, for example, is that the people teaching people how to do a real estate business don't have a business doing real estate videos. They have a business teaching people how to do it. Does that mean that they're bad at it or anything else? No, it doesn't. Um, but there's something magical and powerful about people whose sole business is doing the business, not teaching how to do the business. And um, I think mindset and coaching, there's a lot that we can help people with the mental blocks. And, you know, I'm doing that on myself every day and doing it with my clients. It's a little different. But when it comes to me, like, I haven't filmed a wedding since 2014. Are there some timeless principles that work? Sure. But there's a lot of stuff happening that I didn't have to use when it comes to social media, the way it works today. And, 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 and there's just a lot of little nuance. So like, I want to put the person in front of you that got $150,000 in business during the pandemic in his first major year in business, right? I want to put the person whose sole thing is holding retreats like you're doing, Julia. 
and you're having access to those people. Um, so it's something that I'm just playing around with in my mind because I, I, I want more solid people that I can refer or share who are making their living doing the work, right? They're not nothing, no shame against this, but they're not the coach teaching coaches how to get coaching clients, like the top of the food chain. Like, let me teach you how to make money in blank. Like, what are the people who buy the thing? Are they just also turning into people who teach people how to make money doing the thing? Like, it's kind of this weird ripple thing that happens. And like, I mean, it's fine. And people are making money doing that. But I think there's a lot of people who want to actually just like do the thing. They want to, they want to be the coach who, is not teaching other coaches how to fill their retreat. Like they want to hold a retreat for their particular type of thing. And so rather than the people who did that a decade ago or five years ago, and now they just teach people how to do it. Um, I want the people who, who do it and live and breathe it. So anyways, um, that's just something I'm thinking about. So like for you, all I can tell you is what I did. Right. And so when you're talking about for, for your thing, you know, yes, who are the people in your town that have the people that would resonate with what you have? So like when I did the event in 2018 called Dreamers, Doers, and Entrepreneurs, right? That applied to a wide variety of people. And then the message that I had, you know, applied, I didn't just speak to say, hey, you're a 34-year-old male who is divorced three times and owns a video production company. Like, it was just like, I mean, I had young people, old people, and every other in-betweener people at the, at the thing, you know, who identified as a dreamer, a doer, or an entrepreneur. And then I, I, I basically, I was on the radio, I was on live streams with local, uh, you know, uh, a thing called riverbender.com, which is a, you know, mar- a, a news site for the local town. I did live streams with them. I was, uh, like I said, on the radio, I did lives all around. I, I put flyers all over different places. I mean, I did everything that I could for 30 days and, and initially with that first month to go around the town and make sure that everybody knew this thing was happening. Now, initially as well, the doggone thing was free. Now, if I would have gone back in time, I likely would have still done it for free, but then I would have, you know, for you potentially like, that would have been my feeder thing, which is what I was avoiding initially because I was like, oh, people are going to think, you know, oh, I knew this guy was had something up his sleeve. But you can deliver incredible value and then say, hey, if you want to go deeper or, hey, this is a group of 20 people or 100 people. And, you know, I do my main work in private, you know, for three hours or whatever the thing is. And, and then you sell that or whatever you want to sell. And so um how many people would have come and all this and that if i would have charged a little a middle or a lot i don't know i really don't the four the four that i held were all free um and then the ones i've charged for in the past i think the very first one i did was called rock and life i think i charged 10 bucks in 2012 and i got about 80 people to show up and same thing i mean just pounded it every day of the week almost for a month um, and went around the local radio station and local places and told local people about it. And uh, um, so that had about 80 people. But again, uh, and I think I might have run some ads against. So I don't think I really made any money off of that because, again, I didn't sell anything else afterwards. Uh, in 2015, 2016, I had four events 
The first one was a hundred and I had people, I had like a hundred and something people who were paying me $10 a month that came from my YouTube channel. And, um, so when I launched that to those people, you know, 30 people paid a hundred dollars to come. Then the next event we had, I charged a thousand dollars and I still had about 15 to hundred people. Um, and then by the last one we did, I had about seven people, half were there for free, half paid. And it was because I stopped doing everything that, that were, gave me an audience of people to, to even sell to. Um, but you know, you can utilize the internet in certain ways to be able to post video, post content. I mean, I've always have had a level of using my Facebook page to be able to spread a message. And so, you know, when I was out and about meeting people in the town or doing things, people would follow me on Facebook. So then when I'm like doing a live stream, doing a thing, Hey, I'm doing this. Um, I, you know, those people would see it, but see, there's where, even as I, I lean into talking about that, I have what I did. Is it the best way? The only way? Of course not. It's, it's a way. And, 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 and what I found with the work I do with people, Julia is like the clarity you have that that's what you want to do. Um, now it's a matter of not letting people distract you from doing that potentially. And then, and then continuing to explore people who, um, are doing those kinds of things. But I mean, the best thing is, is connecting with people and then doing it. Um, right. But like, that's where I always feel more weak because I'm like, well, I mean, you know, I, I don't like to give, because it's about you. Most of the people in my entire career who have had the success, what they, the actions they take are not actions. I told them because I realize now once they are clear about what to do, Like what you can't Google is the conversation I'm going to have with Mark here in a second, right? What you can't Google is all the audios I send you, Julia. You know, what you can't Google is the interaction I have with Tashina to unlock that clarity. Now, could that happen of watching a video? Maybe. But I think based on the amount of stuckness and chaos needed to be turned into clarity that people have in this world, uh, it shows that there's certain things that can't be answered simply by watching a video or reading a book. For some people, it can. And for a lot of others, it, it isn't. It, not that it can't. It's just it isn't. And so what I find is, is like, um, you know, there's free and really expensive services to learn how to do your taxes. My personal belief is I wouldn't pay much for how-to information. Because if I was going to pay $2,000 to somebody to teach me how to do something that's likely just as good in an incredible blog post for free, I'd rather spend the $2,000 to have somebody do it for me. Um, and so, you know, once you're clear that's what you want, then it gets easier to find the people, the resources, the videos, or whatever that talk about doing that and whether that's your thing there or whatever, right? You've also likely learned things. I'm assuming from all the things that you've taken, unless all of it was just to up-level the skill of how to help and not how to sell or fill or do any of that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's what I found is that there's a lot of resources on the, the how to do something, but people can't make a decision on what to do. So if you don't make a decision on what to do, all the how-to doesn't really matter. Um, but 
I am leaning more and more. I don't want to pay a premium for information, only interaction or do it for me. Um, because the information only, I still have to apply. And the likelihood is I won't learn it any better paying two grand for it or paying nothing for it. Um, I'd rather have the ability to interact with the person at the two grand to help them clarify something that I can't get the clarity through just the reading or listening. I don't know if that fully helps, but um, Mark, let's pull you on, brother. And yes, Jail is 100% right. Go for it, right? You're very adamant on that aspect. So I would keep focused on that and the local community and building relationships and networking with people that can can help you uh, do that. Where's he at? Hello. Hey, buddy. How are you? There you go. I can hear you. Awesome, man. Fantastic. Cool, buddy. I'm doing good, man. Talk to me about what's uh, what's going on on that next. You got momentum, and now there's that, like, what to do next. Right. So a little bit of it. Had a really good month last month. Brought in more than I had previously awesome. in any other month. Um, That's fantastic. Which is great, which is good. I uh, had a lot of outreach and success with the Chamber of Commerce, other things like that. Um, aside from that, I'm just kind of like, okay, now I need to figure out how to utilize my social media platform a little bit more because now I finally have a couple of professional referrals, things like that, that I talked to you about mm-hmm. the last time you brought me on. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of that, a little bit of uh, paralysis by analysis again, that uh, almost fear uh, paralyzation as well. Sure. So just kind of like, oh shit, this worked. Now how do I recreate that momentum? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> so, so, okay, yeah. keep going. No, keep going. You're good. No, no, that, that was uh, my stopping point. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. First of all, congrats. That's awesome, man. I mean, and and I think the thing that we've got to watch that I've been bad about that I've had to observe in my life is that the thing you did that worked, we assume that we've got to got to start doing other things, different things. And I know that it's my Achilles heel, especially when I can talk about experimentation and all this. But what we've got to digress and come back to sometimes is you did something that worked, and I'll never forget um, two little scenarios. This online business I had with my original video mentor in 2012, about two-thirds of the way through the first year, which only lasted a little over a year, but I'll never forget, I'll never forget it. him saying to me, he goes, man, Gebs, you know, I don't know what it is, man, but every time we do something that, that gets working, like, and I was really good about convincing him to do something else, changing direction. He's like, we don't, we don't really stick with anything. And he, he brought that up. And so then a buddy, a few years later, we, he started something and I came in and helped him. And we did a few things the first few weeks that like were different. And he had actually Mm -hmm. had a course and I had like, well, you should run ads. And then I was letting the squirrel brain come in where this one guy, like, rather than we were going to run ads to a web. Now this is not telling what telling you to do, just telling you Mm -hmm. the idea of, where there can be something that works 
And rather than need to break it or go do something else completely different, that you can do versions of repeating, which we'll see where we can with you. But essentially, we we're going to run ad to a webinar to sell this course. And the first week we didn't do that because some guy said, well, you know what? It's better to get people on a call and then sell them into this workshop. So we did that. And then the next week we did something else. And then my wife, it wasn't even my course. She goes, why aren't you guys just selling that course that he's got? And literally we ran more or less the same ads and the same webinar for about five months and did almost $200,000 in those five months. And it was spent over about a hundred grand in ads, mind you as well. Um, but like it was this, because of how we were wired, this repetitive nature, it was like when somebody brought me a funeral slideshow, I had to find a system to be efficient. So for me, it felt redundant. But every person that received the other end of what I did, it was brand new to them. So even though I used similar songs and did similar things so I could do it really quickly, it was like me doing it, it felt like a broken record. But to the people who received it, it was brand new. So every week we were getting in front of brand new people on this webinar and it was going great. But for us, it was like a broken record. We felt like we were saying the same thing over and over again, like it worked. So we did it again and we did it again. And then, I mean, I hate to say it, but I basically broke it. I mean, the thing was never the same. I was like, hey, Mark, you know, I think we're going to do something else. I'm tired. of. I was running the ads and the, the whole thing that was working. We didn't reach a point where it wasn't. We simply, you know, some people, that cliche, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think some people just continually, which I've been a person to do at times, break things that aren't broken, like too soon. Like there's times when you're like, yes, it's breaking. It's not working anymore. It genuinely is. And then now we need to do something and we can recalibrate. But other times it's like, you're the one who's bored or you're the one who automatically assumes that you got to do something different or better or over here when there could be something that you just did and you could do it 80 more times before it doesn't work or maybe only eight times, but maybe you haven't even done that yet. So after that, the thing went you know, awry, but I've never forgotten that. I'm always observing for me, when am I changing direction either too soon? When am I breaking something because I'm bored? Or how do I also create something that doesn't create the boredom? Like, where is, where is the boredom keep popping up so I can stay consistent in doing something? Mm -hmm. Because I do know that depth and consistency are important versus like, if I do a bunch of social media stuff and then go, you know what, I'm just not getting the traction on social media. And then I go off offline and I just go dark on socials for nine months. And I'm like, ah, this offline stuff. I don't really want to do this more. Then I come back on. I feel like we live in a world where, There's a lot of, like, it takes a lot of energy to get a train going down the track, like a normal train, not some fancy brand new electric, but an old school train. And once it's going, it's hard to stop it. But if you mm-hmm. stop it before it gets going, it takes the same amount of energy to get that sucker going. If you stop it, and once it slows down and you stop it, it takes all the energy to get going again. And so it took two years to stop the train of weddings for me because I did them for a decade. I had probably, my work was seen by 30,000 people. I mean, your brother has some of that going on as well. Like in 2014, when I shot my last wedding, I still had a pretty goddamn good amount of leads all the way into 2016. And now today, every once in a while, I still get leads. I was at the bank 
six months ago and the lady pops her head out and goes, Michael, Gavin, oh my God, like my friend's getting married in, in, in Nashville. We are so excited. We finally get, and I'm like, I haven't shot a wedding since 2014. She's like, you gotta be kidding me. So like what, seven, eight years, I haven't done it. And that still lady sees me through the lens of his, a wedding videographer, but that was 10 years, 300 plus weddings. I mean, probably, like I said, 30,000 people in person, another probably 30,000 views of my work. So I, my train was pile driving down that track. And when things got in front of it, no matter what happened, I just went through it. But so many of us, we're not at a place where there's so much demand for our work and what we do and the services we provide that when we change direction where we are, we fall off the map, like, we're just starting over again when nobody knows who we are. That's why that ability to keep at it. So like right now, if you could describe a little bit of what worked, what did you do that worked and could you not do it again? Or is it an illusion in your mind that you think, well, now I've, I've, I'm well, a one trick pony. I use that trick and now I got to find a new trick to do. Right. Well, so let me iterate a little bit more. The traction that I've gotten is actually former clients returning to work with me okay so that's where all that new revenue came from okay now they worked with me in the past when i was working for other companies and things like that so uh they're a new client again kind of in like a certain way um as to where with the professional referrals and everything else those are brand new bridges they aren't even a month old yet So there's yet to be something to come from that. It's something to stick with. And I'm sure, like you're saying, it's going to pick up momentum down the tracks. Um, Now, how did you get the people, the referral, or not the referrals, but the old clients? Was that from reach outs and stuff? uh, They reached out to me uh, to work with me. And it's complicated, but a lot of my old clients can't afford me at my current rate because, yeah, it's a long story. I'll save it. That's fine. so, yeah, I priced myself out of a certain market because I'm trying to hit another market for sure. longevity reasons of the company. Um, but that's also where I'm getting to becoming more consistent with social media. That is something that I've never really been the best at. It's uh, So that's a new skill that I'm trying to develop and everything like that. And uh, I delegate as much as I can with it. But currently, I'm only able to actually put forth so much in delegation to that because I can't necessarily afford to hire somebody just yet. Um, Now, all your stuff, is it primarily physically in person, the work you do with people? Currently, yes. And I'm looking at maybe going online uh, with personal training. It's something that I have a little bit of a catch-22 with. I think online personal training loses a lot of its value as a, uh, so it's kind of the same as like talking to somebody trying to think of how I could analogate this to like what you do. Uh, there's a difference between working one-on-one with somebody physically and then just saying, Hey, do these workouts, but not being able to coach them right then and there on form or talk to them about the struggles they've been facing with either, you know, eating habits or uh, recovery or things like that. Um, so there's just kind of a little bit of a loss in quality sure. with digital. So now, and that's, yeah. 
Now, it's interesting because um, I think you asked me about that one guy again, the Alex Ramosi guy. Yeah. And I, one thing he said on this recent podcast, which I've loved, is um, something being a belief statement. Like, is that fact? Like, the idea that all people who do virtual would 100% say that 100% it is not as good as physically present, right? Like, if every. Well, that's something I'm also saying from my current standpoint and what I know of it. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same level of quality and I've known people to do it, but it's not necessarily been their bread and butter either. So yeah, maybe there is a bit of a stigmata in my mind. Well, and I think that that's where, like, like I'm saying earlier on the call, this aspect of where I thought, the only way I can help you is if we're physically in the same room together for like hours and then having somebody with an app, that's basically, I mean, I remember how many times I've had people like, don't send me a voicemail, send me a text, you know, or whatever. Cause like, I don't listen to voicemails. And, and here I am like thinking, am I going to really be able to like help somebody sending these audio mm-hmm. messages back and forth? And then I, I, I stuck with it for other reasons as well, because um, you know, a lot of my, coaching initially had to be around my schedule and so it it was almost like limitations it's interesting we live in a world where our circumstances and situations can create our limitations so a person who's single has no desire to date right now um will just in, in, invariably have less limitations than a person with five kids and a wife or a husband and uh, wants to spend a lot of time with the kids. And so that I have the single person potentially saying I have from six o'clock in the morning. Like, so for Alex, if you look and you dig into him and his wife's scenario, the relationship Mm -hmm. and and here are certain things that get picked up about how they live their life. Like, you know, they basically work, all day, every day, like they work from four o'clock in the morning till four or five o'clock in the evening. And they, they're, you know, go out to eat in the evening and are in bed by nine and get up and do that almost seven days a week. Like they love to work. And so, and they don't have any kids. It doesn't sound like they hang out with much friends except for dinner time. And then they have their client, their, their, their employees and people they may be managing virtually over the phone during those working hours. But, mm-hmm. you know, by and large, things that distract a lot of us, somebody like them. So if, if one person with these limitations says, I only have three hours to work, it eliminates a lot of options because there's certain things you can do. So when I was saying, well, an in-sync call for me in person or virtual or over the phone is difficult because I could be available this next week and a day later not be available. And so when I'm making this transition to have a company in coaching and I'm not charging as much, if I got a $5,000 video project or a $100 coaching client call, what am I going to do? I'm going to guess, am I going to try to reschedule this shoot that is immovable and, and, you know, and, and lose the 5,000. So I get the hundred or am I going to try to reschedule the hundred dollar call? Um, Mm -hmm depending on where your life is and your money needs and all those things, somebody else may say, burn the bridges. I'm done with the, you know, and, and just go into that and make that transition. But like, that was the thing for me. And I had a lot of creatives do that to me as well. 
oh man, can we reschedule the shoot? Like or the, the, the coaching call. Cause I got a, I got a shoot that came up and they're going to make a thousand bucks. So this Voxer app came out of the limitation. So versus like, yeah, on certain levels, I still love more than anything being physically present with a person like I do. Mm-hmm. And I do still believe on certain levels, there is a potency that's packed and the ability to sit face to face with somebody, see their entire body language and, and have nobody else listening. Believe me, I, I know that there's pros to other people being able to listen to me and you interact right now. But I also know that just invariably as human beings, when we have any awareness, that it's not completely in private then to the degree that you are a person who is open to sharing, you may trust me implicitly, but, and share a lot on here. Now, I'm not just saying this is you, but anybody right. Who's listening, right. But there's still going to be something that if we were completely alone, there may be things you share that just because there's other people listening, you won't. So I know that there's pros and cons to being with other people on a call like this virtually and being in sync versus private in sync versus Voxer private. But I've had to look at how I want to live my life. And even though on certain levels, I love in person, there are more cons to in person for me than the, the pro, like the pros do not outweigh the cons for Michael Gebbins life. And so how you want to live your life, build your practice and help people will dictate. So when we look at the two of you, just right now, I say two of you, as in you and Julia, like Julia's now, I believe, come to the point where it's like, you know what? Like the work I do, the work I love, the work that I want to do with people, I want to do belly button to belly button. Now, there will be people who, I mean, there are people like me who will encourage that. But then there will be people where, like I said, they will project their own limits and limited thinking onto them. So if they don't want to do that, they would start going, Julia, well, why would you want? And, and all these reasons that they would list. As to why mm-hmm. on earth would you want to physically do these and tell them why they can do them online, why you can do this and you get more benefit from this and it's more scalable if you do this. And what I find is, is over and over again, that unless that absolutely resonates and you're like, it's like the butter knife chainsaw and you're like, freaking hell yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I never thought of that way. And now you're like guns a blazing in that direction. But if your shoulders drop and you're like, just another like, oh, oh, and then you lose all this enthusiasm. You're going to have far more success, even if the other thing could make you more money, could be more scalable. All these things could be right, right in air quotes. If you're not fully behind it, you'll never make even remotely the capacity that it has, the potential it has. And the likely the thing you have still has plenty of potential, more than you likely need to make a great living and all of that. And so right. for you, you're the same way. I, I think right now there's still a greater resonance for in-person. And so when I think of that, like if that's the truest desire in the moment and your beliefs are, I'm more powerful, I will help you better if I am with you, then you will sell that better and quicker than, than you having to overcome and switch and be convinced in your own self that doing online or something online is equally as potent or more potent than the offline thing. So you won't sell it as well as you'd sell the offline. And the offline, I guarantee right now, has less competition. 
right? Like there's, there's more of a competitive edge right. you have because there's less, there's more people trying to go after everybody with a pulse all over the internet and try to compete with the best of the best TikToker who's talking about stuff that you can talk about, but they've mastered using TikTok to promote it. So then they sell a course or sell an ebook or whatever. But if you like love the in-person belly button to belly button presence of being with somebody and working them through that, mm-hmm. then you just have to think, how do I price it? And how do I work that? And how much time do I want to spend each day? And how many clients can I have? And then that reverse engineers, what prices you potentially need to, to, to have. I already did that. Perfect. Like that was solved. What I was looking at is uh, using social media as more of like a way to advertise what I do. And for people who are outside of my quote unquote range uh, that I'd be willing to work in would be more of like the digital route, which would be a side product more so. So that's where, from the aspect of focus initially, that's where fill and overwhelm yourself with product one Mm -hmm. without the need to have, now not that you can't use, so when you think about how I did it with weddings, most of the things happened offline. I just supplemented with the internet to stay top of mind, but, but it was still the same product, which was offline. So right now you can share some thoughts, some wisdom, some whatever of things where when, when you go out, let's say you go to the chamber of commerce, I'm just throwing out a scenario. I'm not sure how that'll play out, but like, and you go meet eight people while you're there. The best thing you could do is add those suckers as a friend on the platform you plan to use the most. If that's Facebook right now, fine, whatever. There's not necessarily a perfect answer to that, but you connect with them in in Facebook. And then from there, when you post some content, they get to keep following along and seeing you. And then when they're ready, they'll potentially reach out. But that's where it can supplement all your offline activities and things you do to get people. But I wouldn't think of it as I do offline activities that gives me offline clients. And then I do online activities that gets me this online digital, different product and different delivery versus you can have it all work in unison and just mainly focus on one deliverable. Uh, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. really, you know, I know my income will explode in coaching when not that I stop experimenting because I still have, have now kind of leaned into I like to just test things and try things out and then be able to, to have that as ammunition to share in conversations and coaching and whatnot. But from a product like sellable thing, like once I'm committed, like I was to a same day edit, we're like, this is how I help. This is what I don't help with. And like, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's game over for me. Cause I've seen it in other people's businesses and lives and I have seen it in mine. And so um, that's something that I'm playing around because I have these few things myself that I'm, I'm playing with. So as I give you advice, it's kind of like thinking through for myself as well. You know, what, what, what's that thing I love, like that I know I'm most potent with rather than I can, I can do this for you. So imagine again in video, there's people, I saw one whole article, great article and great information and they're not wrong, but it was like, Hey, you can have different options, but if your packages is one, two and three, let's say. And essentially, you've got somebody who wants to spend eight, but wants to book with you. The likelihood is they're only going to give you three, because that's the highest thing you have to offer. And then they'll go spend the other five, maybe somewhere else. But they were planning on spending it with the video person, but they really like you, they want to book you, you have three options, they're going to get the most expensive thing, it's three, 
that's it. That's all you're going to get. This walk and talk of this one person is like, have a base level price. It just kind of gets you there. And then everything is all a card and added on there. And you could add on $15,000 worth of things. So if somebody's coming along that's super pumped about, give me everything. I want the, the whole shebang. You know, they could just add everything on. And now all of a sudden they're at 15 grand when maybe they would have only spent three or four. Now, here's where I sit in my life because I had that. I did those things. I tried packages. I did single packages. I had some a la carte stuff. And again, it's back to what do you want in your life and how do you want to live your life? Because what I found is, is everything, and this is where you've heard me bring up, most of this just takes some cojones, but I brought up many times this particular person, Steve Martinson, recently. And the irony is, is I loved one-on-one all the way back to like 2010. And when I started video, I didn't have many mentors. I only had people telling me don't go to, or, uh, I need to go to college. But I didn't tell, have people tell me how to run my business, what to run, what to sell, how to sell it, what offers. Back in 2005 and six with video, like I was just kind of left to the wolves. I just kind of looked around and hodgepodge things together. I didn't have a lot of opinions. I didn't have a lot of options. I just did what I did. Then when I wanted to get into coaching after all the success in video and somebody asked me, didn't think it was a business model or anything. I just, Hey, can you mentor me? And I'm like, I don't know, 1500 bucks, spend a couple of days with me. And I did that and I fell in love with it. Then I started seeking, oh, hey, I'll just learn from people and accelerate, like making a living speaking and, and, and this coaching thing. Well, that's when I went all over the map forever because I told people, man, I did this one-on-one thing with this guy and a couple other people and I really love it. Nobody encouraged that. Everybody encouraged me to do everything but that. They said, you can't, you can't make a living with that. It's not scalable. Why would you want to do that? That's stupid. You, you, what, what did you say to those people? How did it work? How can you make it into a repeatable thing? And then here's a guy making three to $5 million a year doing what everybody told me I wasn't even going to make a couple hundred thousand doing. Why would I want to do? And he's so bullish that, yes, he could do all these other things. He could have all these other options. He could have videos online. And he chooses not to. And he doesn't let anyone bully him or shame him into thinking that he's inadequate or less than because he doesn't offer 55,000 different other options. And he's, that's what people would say, he's leaving money on the table. So what I found is, is that because he knows what he loves to do and he does that. And so for me, when, when I got to that sweet spot in video, the sweet, sweet spot was you hire me or you don't. And I make you this one awesome video or I don't. Like I don't offer a love story video and this package and this other thing and this add on. Cause I neither mm-hmm. wanted to do them myself. I didn't want to manage people to edit the things like, because even if I don't want to do it myself, but I want to make the extra money, then I got to find the people who's editing these things for me. Who's going to shoot these other things for me. Then I got to deal with that. And so I found the thing I loved the most people loved the most. And I did that. And I charged accordingly that, that I, it worked for me to bring in, if I did, if I literally eliminated all things from business and would have, and I never figured this out till later, but like people said all these random things, but it's like, I could have done 40 Saturdays and you took, if I had my sweet spot, 40 Saturdays and call it mm-hmm. one extra day, that'd been 40 couples and one extra day, we'll call it two days for every wedding. It would take me 80 days of actual time and effort for each now. This would have been after all the things to build up the awareness and all that. So I was in my sweet spot where people, I was in demand, had a lot of uh, lack of supply, a lot of demand. 
And I knew what I loved. I knew what people loved. And I had this one package. I could have done 40 weddings at $4,000. That had been 160 grand for basically 80 days of work. That's what? Not even three months. And yet I was so convinced by everybody and their brother that I shouldn't do that. You got to offer this. You got to do that. You got to offer this other thing. So I'm spending 80% of my time in what made me 20% of my revenue. And the 20% of my time made me 80% of my revenue. So, but initially you got to go through a hundred percent of shit and trials and tests and this and experiments and all these things and analyzation and this worked and that didn't work. And I like this and I don't like that to be able to then go, here's what I love. Here's what I'm great at. Here's what I'm not great at. Here's what I, you know, if you want that, I can do it, but I don't do it. Here's who does do it. And then there's such a power and a potency because the person who sells the least needs the most. The person who sells the least also um, tends to, I think, overcomplicate, tends to say yes to everything. We think that's a better sales tactic. I don't, I've learned in life it's not necessarily a great sales tactic because uh, you're likely not good at everything that somebody wants. And so this ability to just be like, yes, I do that and I do that and I do that. It, it, it sends off an internal radar that a person who's like, yeah, I don't do that. Like, I'm happy to refer you if that's really what you need, but this is my sweet spot. Yeah. There's a trust built because you were willing to say no, which means likely you have their best interest at stake versus the person who's just like, yeah, I do that. And I do that. And I do that. Like, it doesn't mean they don't have their best interest. It doesn't mean they won't pull right. it off. And it doesn't mean they won't do a great job, but just there's a subconscious thing that the person who's willing to turn you away and say, yeah, I can't help you. Like, this is what I do. I can do that. But like, I, there's somebody way better. And I really think you should use them. Cause that's just, I stay in my sweet spot. Like there's something about that, that now they go, but I really like you. So then what they'll do is they'll, they'll sometimes conform to what you do. And, 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 and that's how I've ended up going through most of my career now prior or after probably 2012 to 2013, having 98% of the people I work with being great people, great clients, great work. Like, it's not like, Oh, I get some cool clients and work and a bunch of non-cool clients and work. It's like the non-cool and the non-clients, you know, that I don't like and all that just get Mm -hmm. blown away because quite frankly, I, I know what I want. I know what I love and I know what I'm great at. And so by proxy, when you're very much convicted about that and you're actually great at it, can back it up and you get it. So that's, that's where for you right now, the conviction you have around offline and the work that you do with people and your belief around that, if you convey that as you go to get these kind of strategic partners and you're meeting up with these people and that, mm-hmm. like there'll be something special about you than a super weak version of you going, well, you know, and I've got this online thing. And because what you're saying, it's like a buddy of mine I was with in January. I said something and he brought up, he goes, I always get asked the question, what makes me different? You may have heard me say this before, but I'll make sure everybody hears this right now in the context what makes, uh, makes you different? And he goes, I give him this answer. And then he said, but if I'm being honest with you, I'd say nothing. So, well, that's a problem because what you actually feel translates way more than what you actually say. So if, if what you said, you had a conviction and belief that that was true, you'd even convert more people with the same words. than if you say these words, but inside you're like, yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. Like, that's not true. Like, I, I'm not any different from anybody else. Versus this guy, 
he don't think there's a person on planet earth or the universe like him that coaches like him that helps like him that lives like him that serves like him like sitting with him like he didn't do or say things that made him like i have other people who i'm like who don't make a third of what he makes who by and large i believe are like more knowledgeable and expertise and all these things like mm-hmm. the guy sisler cohen his dad steve like i believe he's 50 times smarter than steve hardison if i'm being honest like just from intellect and like understanding and ability to even help people like where i look at steve sisler and i go man i got a lot to learn I look at Hardison and it's just, and he talks about all the time who you're being, right? And aligning that. And like, there is who he is being, no one is like. But like, he's not got skills. Like when I sat, when I paid 5,000 bucks to fly down to Mesa and sit with him for two hours, I wasn't like, damn, I got a lot of work to do. Like he's got skills beyond me. It was like, I experienced me except for his conviction at that that's enough. And it's something that I'm, you know, in coaching still, untangling unlearning deleting and eliminating the hogwash i got for 10 years because what he said is who i was when i grew my video production company and it's what i believed when i initially started my coaching and then i allowed because i believe now that i allowed it no matter what people say we can allow it in or we can block it you know push it out so i allowed these people to infiltrate my mind for a decade so there'll be people who will discourage you and say, Julia, from being able to do what you can do locally and offline because that's your truest desire in this moment. And you're doing other things because there's levels of thinking you have to and because there's a vast majority, which is what I said with the kind of interviewing or having these other people. You don't hear from those people because they're not running their mouth on the internet, right? You don't hear from the the person who's doing what you want to do because the people who are doing what you don't want to do are the only ones screaming from the hills on the internet and running ads all day online, right? Like that's the people. The people who are running an offline successful, you know, personal training business and killing it with great clients, they're just living their life doing their thing. They're not on the internet every day making reels. I, I just, I believe that. And so for me, I know that's not currently in my life and the life I want to live is not the current mode of operandis. And that's only because I did that for like 16 years. And I'm now what I've recognized in my own life, uh, what I just did for 16 years, some people are preparing themselves to do because they've been doing what I'm doing now for 16 years, which is not a lot of anything, quite frankly, sometimes like I love the chill out right now. Like I am living like a person who's like semi-retired. Mm-hmm. Well, I live like that for the rest of my life. I don't know, but I lived on go, 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 go for so long that a little bit more chill out and relaxed and like controlled schedule and not a packed schedule. I'm really enjoying in this moment. Um, but some people you've lived that way and now you're either wanting to travel or go out. And for you, I think it's you are still, you liked what you had, which was offline. See, a lot of my coaching has always been online. You're just going like, I'm going, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of meeting other people's online audiences to promote me. And I had some of my own before when I had my YouTube, but I stopped. So now I'm doing what I said, got to build the momentum back up, get the steam going in the train and get it going down the track because I did have some of that. It was great because when I said, hey, I'm having an event. Hey, I got coaching spots. The stuff I put out got those clients. But for you, and so like when I worked for the Sam Cart and these other companies, 
Like that was still all in the online world. The equivalent of you working for people in the offline world and you going, I'm sick and tired of fitting into these other people's boxes in the offline world. I want to have that for myself in the offline world. And it can work. I mean, there's no reason that you can. I had a guy who I coached in video. I think he still does it today. He was a personal trainer. Um, God, I should probably pull him on. He'd be a great person to even connect you with or get him. I haven't talked to him in a while. I'd love to have him on a, on a call or something. But, uh, you know, he essentially had, uh, I think he had a van and he would like drive around to these different spots. And he had, you know, he'd have like 10 people that he would do at a time or whatever. And, uh, and they'd all be paying like 75 bucks a pop. And it was an interesting model, but it was, it was, he was, he is not, he's not even online right now. Um, but he was all an offline guy, timid guy, like cool guy, chill guy, great guy. And, but you know, one of those examples again, where like he even tried to have an online business. It wasn't him like an online fitness business, but it just wasn't him. And so that's why, you know, I really, you just reiterated to me the exact thing though, of why there are people wanting to build things that they're having a hard time finding examples because the people living and doing it, you can't find them because they're not online. They're not doing it. Right. And so does I say a lot sometimes, obviously, a lot of the time, not some of the time, but does that like, does that help you kind of re-ratchet in a little bit? Like if you want to use online a little bit to stay top of mind for your offline stuff and kind of people you meet online, that stuff you share helps them. But like, it's a means by which I connect with potential clients, really. That's all. Yes. It's a door opener. Message them. You can email them. You can find Mm -hmm. their information, uh, but you can still have your main product be within a, 20, 30 mile radius or whatever, where you live and be how you right. want to build it offline and ex- and still do that. So that feels good for um, you. Oh, it really uh, makes a lot of sense. I'm just building something to build something else as well. And now, like, I'm that. hoping to open. Huh? Go ahead. Say that again. I'm, I'm building this to build something more out of it later on. So I'm starting an in-home personal training company to move into just having a facility. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I'm hoping that if I do it that way, I can at least, you know, build a following and a revenue stream before I actually open, you know, a physical facility, which is a big investment. And I don't have the capital for that at this point in time. So, yeah. Yeah. That's where, Again, it all there's a lot you can still do offline. There's a multitude of ways that you can do that, whether it's in home mm-hmm. or like I said, with the, <laughs> the guy with the van or another place that you can rent. Like there's ways to achieve the thing. That's where I love the butter knife chainsaw. Like sometimes we think, oh, I'm gonna have to buy or purchase or whatever, versus the ability you could rent, you could share co-space. Like there's different ways to get to the result that you want. But mm-hmm. regardless, a lot of it right now still sounds like, you know. The, the by and large thing is in-person local um, and doing that right. because what it does, what this does when people are committed to it is it eliminates learning skills you don't possess and don't necessarily need right now. So running some like online thing, there's beliefs you have to change. There's tons of new skills you have to learn. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a lot more that has to happen there versus being able to use a lot of skills you already possess and already believe in the, the service that you can provide. And then from there, 
you can look at people who do share tips and tricks and things that you you like and just find a rhythm or find a pattern. Like here's another guy you should look up. He's the one I read for. I don't know if I brought him up last week, his name, but uh, he's a friend of mine, but like he, it's Coach Goodman. It's Coach Goodman. And remind me, I can send it to you. Okay. afterwards but or here i'll even just screenshot it but you know he just did a post it was ironically it was about uh somebody messaged me yesterday talking about how he wanted to figure out how to do video better do because reels were doing better in the algorithm just like my response to him was very simple i don't care about learning new skills as the old ones yet uh it's going way too fast i'll have to send it to you but the bottom line was he's like i'm a writer like and and, and so right now unless it doesn't work at all it's easier for him to have had a decade of becoming a very persuasive writer. So he even does a lot of his training and, and teaching through through writing to fitness. Now that's different than your thing, but like that aspect of like, what is your way if you're wanting to use the internet that you could feel most comfortable or most resonant with producing? Is it, is it, I mean, your setup right now, actually, just by the way, just for your own, me giving you some personal encouragement, like, literally right now the exact framing you have which is obviously on your phone as well right could be something where you get on whether it is a real or a longer video or whatever and be able just mm-hmm. with that view just lock it in or something potentially but it doesn't have to it can right. still be moving a little bit stand. Like, doesn't have to but it, it could right. uh, you know um but essentially and share your tips what are the things that are that are going to resonate this thing i have to remind myself as well sometimes because sometimes i can go when i want to talk to one person, but I'm actually still in this mindset of like, oh, but I I got so many people that follow me. And I go general or I go more generic versus just like talk to the specific person, even though it's applying to like, there's a lot of different people that may hear it. Just like talk to the one. That's a reminder for me as much as it is for you. So it's like, who's those ideal people that you want to work with? What do you think they need to hear? And what are, what are tips and things that you can share that help them regardless of if they if they do anything with you, but also puts you in a light that goes when they're ready or if they need it, you're their guy. Um, yeah. So that's being really good at finding the particular in the general. Yeah. So, yeah. And that it does actually kind of help because I've never been a big social media personality. I'm not the kind of guy to be like, hey, I'm here to sell you on this like protein yeah. supplement and blah, 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 and all this, that, and the other like. But but I'm not talking down on that. I'm just saying that's not for me. And, but again, there's a certain amount of that, that I have to do to get where I want to go. Yeah. And, 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 and and just continue, like, I have to continue to daily check myself on that as well, because it's just, it sometimes can be, I have to even watch with the things I say, because I can still be projecting limited beliefs as much as I'm doing my best not to. Right. Like I can still be projecting limited beliefs that I not limited, but limited in the sense of not, not a lack. Like, I I don't think I project lack very often, but I still may have a limited view. So I may only be able to share, you know, butter knife and chainsaw, but there's a freaking, you know, somebody else is like, yeah, I just throw a, put a grenade in the thing and it blows it apart. Like, you know, you know, whatever, like there's, there could be these other ways. And I only know of the two. You know, and somebody else knows of eight because they've been in it longer and they're like, well, there's this, this, and this. And so don't assume you have, have to, right? Again, I think that there's a possibility very high that you, there's still plenty you can do 
between you had those people reach out, but what about you also reaching out to some more old people rather? So being active Mm -hmm. versus proactive, that could potentially create some more opportunity. Even the people that you're meeting with, what are those things that you can do to make sure you're proactive in maintaining interaction or relationship or helping them versus like you met them once. So like, man, it's great to meet you. I'm so excited to be able to refer you and whatever. And then neither one of you ever have contact again, you know, and that's where yes, social can be a great tool for them to keep seeing you pop up and and paying attention so that you stay in their mind. Like I thought about like my lawyer, you know, I'm like, you know, the reality is you don't do anything anywhere that I ever see. So therefore depending on what kind of lawyer or whatever, if I don't need you either ever again or for years, I might forget about you. Like if all of a sudden mm-hmm. I haven't used you in five years and something comes up, but I'm in, con- I happen to be in, let's say I'm in conversation with you right now, telling you about something and you're like, I'm like, man, I really need a lawyer. Uh, and I haven't remembered or called the other guy yet. And I do, I got a great guy. Boom. That guy I used before that I may have liked, it may have been great and would have used again just boom falls off because he's not, he's not first in my mind. He's not popping in my mind because I never see him. I never think about him. I might not even, I might be like, who was that person? God dang it. I can't freaking remember. But if I kept seeing his name, even though I'm not using him. And I think that sometimes I have to remind this for myself and what I'm doing and what I even had with video is that a lot of us sometimes, and this is where I, I've been watching more things about like branding versus direct marketing Sometimes those go hand in hand, but a lot of times direct marketers are like kill shot people. They're like snipers. They're like, I'm going to do and say whatever I have to do to give you a little value and then extract money from you immediately. They're like emergency room people. You're dying. You're going to hire me today. Or I'm going to make you feel like you're dying and you're going to hire me today. But regardless, like they're going to do things so that they directly get your money, get you to do something right this second versus at times branding stuff called actions or whatever. But branding is that. I know what you do. I know how you help. And you're staying in my mind. And if and when I need it, you're going to be the person I call. That could be five years from now. Now, if you're not in business five years later, or you've changed directions 87 times in the five years, that may change. But like for me in say video production, like there were literally people, there's one I'll never forget again, that did that exact thing. They're like, I had a job and, um, uh, where I, you know, I don't have any reason to hire you. The company I worked for had no reason to hire you, but I loved your work and always dreamed about hiring you or working with you. So he got let go, got hired at a new company, and that company needed video. And he's like, I'm ready to hire you. The company I work for needs video. I immediately thought of you. And that was the person been following along for years. Didn't know they existed. Didn't know they were interested in me. Didn't know they'd like to hire me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, more and more every day, I keep leaning into what I'm doing as a long game, but we live, especially as we're talking about reels and TikToks and Instagram. Yeah. We live in a, in this instant world where we want the gratification now and everybody is in the sell you now, get you now, do it now. And so there's such short-term thinking and I've had to retune up and recalibrate back to playing that long game and going, there's actions I'm taking today that I'm not going to see you know, fruits of the labor or fruits, you know, pop from it or the, you know, any of that for possibly years. And so it mm-hmm. gives me a greater sense of peace too, because I'm not needing to produce a, a, a result in a day from now, you know? And so it's, it's just, it's, it's calibrating. What do I want to offer and what actions daily can I take that promote and, and market and, and whatnot? Um, but offline and online are, 
equally viable things for most things. Um, you know, um, so, you know, in the short term, I definitely think that there's a lot of ability for you to maximize off of doing the offline and then just using the online as a, as a catalyst to help that, but you don't have to have an entire online component thing to it. Right. You know what I mean? And, and deliverables and, and ways that you, you execute there, you can simply um, keep it. It depends if you want to, or you experiment. I mean, obviously you're experiencing some of the things here and you're getting value out of it. So it's not that yeah. you're not convinced it does zero, but you're still far more convinced that well, your belief that it does more. The point of sales system that I use actually has, is actually developed for online and personal training. I just use it for in-home. So like I have the ability to easily do it. Yeah. And I would just have to sit down for three hours, figure out all the, you know, all the other little things and how to like create the uh, coaching videos and stuff like that to send to people. But like, it's really not where I see my value as a professional in this industry. Not saying that it, again, I don't see myself being able to provide the highest quality that I can doing that, but that doesn't mean somebody else can. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing to remember, right? That's, that could evolve with you in six months or never or six years, whatever. But like where you sit right now, own that and then go crush it in that area right now. And then if, and when there's a need to do something else, more elaborate or whatever, do that. If you feel you've grown beyond that or whatever, but I, I just think that too many people push the beliefs or so much on the internet that you're going to see people who are the opposite of that. Because again, the people who do that aren't usually, there's far less of them. I'm not saying they don't exist, but there's far less people who are doing, I think, different, unique things that aren't living on the internet. Like they're, they're, there's, there's a lot of them that exist. And I believe that you know, based on the 63 people that filled out my, my uh, poll, uh, a lot of them aren't doing squat, like regularly posting that I would know what they're doing on the internet, but they're earning 80 to $500,000 plus a year. And so mm-hmm. it was very fascinating to have these polls filled out. And I had something like, what's your range of revenue? And these people I don't know anything about, I've never seen, they're not internet famous, you know, they're not pseudo influencers or celebrities based on follower counts or anything but they're making a damn good living and then they're doing a great job. And then they have a desire to mentor, but they don't have a desire to have a mentoring business. And so I'm just, this was a good thing for me too, because it, it, it iterates that uh, I do want to use the internet right now for a lot of things, the, the offline things I want to do. I don't want the business right now, personally myself. And I've seen the value I can bring to people through the internet. And I know where I'm bringing it more and more every day. And number two, that I'm also great at connecting and opening up doors and I think there's stories and things I can get to share so that people like you who, who love me for the parts that you like me for, but you need some other help, I can start to share stories and people that um, can open the eyes to people like yourself that, hey, there's people building certain things like you want to build that you would have never known existed if I hadn't shown a spotlight on them because they're not shining right. a spotlight on like, them. Uh, like Alex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I reached out to him actually today, earlier. Uh, Yeah, I don't know anything about what he does other than he kind of helps people start gyms and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I don't know. They're, uh, you know, if you start following along more, I mean, basically, he he ran it like he ran his own gyms. Mm -hmm. Then the guy said, 
why are you doing that? So this kind of same thing I had happened, but for him, it made sense. And for the things I've been told, it didn't always make sense. So for him, he was running gyms himself and got, I'm going to have gyms across the America. And then somebody said, why are you doing that? And he started um, going to gyms to actually uh, help them do what he did for his own gyms. And then somebody said, why are you doing that? And then he basically threw an online model licensed what he did in the gym. So he first ran his own gyms and I think he got up to like six or seven. Then he went into gyms and simply Mm -hmm. said, Hey, whatever you're making, if you're making $2,000 a month right now, I'm going to come in the next 30 days and I'm going to get your gym where you're doing, you know, 30, $40,000 a month, but everything in that month I'm there above what you currently make, I'm keeping every dollar of it. I'm spending the money on the ads out of my own pocket. Like you have zero risk but I'm going to come in and whatever the difference is, I keep that month and then you get to keep running it after that. So then he did that for like, I think he said two years. Um, and, and then, and then essentially he's had an online model where he basically charged people to essentially teach them. And I believe do some of it for them. Um, Cause I think yeah. again, there's like an aspect where they'll like run the app, like they know what works you just kind of have to buy into their system and then they give you everything. And you still have to, right. It's back to the same thing. Like these aren't a lot of like one person run gyms. Like these are a lot of the mm-hmm. people who buy into this thing want to end up having seven employees and, you know, having benefits for yeah. the employees and things like that. And I don't know where you sit and I, I got to I mean, that's goals for me. Yeah. Like personally, that's goals. Like whether or not I personally make like, Fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year from owning and running. I, I don't care. Yeah. I am partially doing this because of my horrible experiences working for other people and not seeing real career opportunities in an industry that has a great um, potential <laughs> to help people. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. And like, okay. don't get me wrong, I'd love to make one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year or more. But like, at the end of the day, if I'm sitting comfortable. I don't care. I want to help out other people to help other people is really where I want to take things. But I had to start with what I can do today. And that's in home, like going to clients houses. So there's a lot of growth, but I think there's a path there. Yeah. It just has to be hatcheted out. It's just day by day, but it's not the thing I have to remind myself and reminding you right now, every day is that, they're never, I have the sign over there. Life's about the journey, not the destination. Some cheesy cliche thing, but the more and more I lean into that, the more and more I I see it because you want to have these things that keep you driving forward and going down the track, but simultaneously, what, what are you hoping to feel at some destination or goal or end in, in game? You know what I mean? And so it's like, it's the loving that journey, because if it's always, I'm trying to get to something so that I'll feel something you'll likely mm-hmm. just chase for the rest of your life. Well, that's kind of how drug, drug addicts are. You know, they, they keep chasing the high and that, and anytime they aren't feeling the high, they go back to that. That's not exactly what you should be searching for. You know, it, exactly. you have to be present yeah. and enjoy the presence of things. And, you know. Yeah. So that's that exactly right. That's the look right back at what you just said then. And not that you're not, but like, that's that aspect for you to, be mm-hmm. present with that's where you're at and you're going to, mm-hmm. to utilize the crap out of that and enjoy that ride while you're in that season, whether it's for the next three months or that's the next 13 years. And then all of a sudden you're at that place where 
you're having that place open up and then you do that. And, and then, you know, however long you have that, and maybe you end up finding, well, this is great, but maybe I'm going to sell it or I'm not going to like, there's so many things, but just being mm-hmm. in those seasons, but there's never, there's never a wrong season. It's not like you're in a bad season because you're not at, you know, X yet. You're not at the facility. So you're a less than trainer. You're not at this. It's just like, yeah, you start mm-hmm. where you're at. It's like, I, I love the thing about the kids all the time. It's like, we don't, you know, we, we don't get mad at a kid and say, oh, I think it was that Alex Ramosi in an interview. He said, when a kid falls down and is crawling, we don't just say, oh, it's going to be a crawler. Too bad. You know, it's just like, we know that they're going to keep, unless there's literally something wrong with them, right? God forbid. Mm-hmm. But like, other than that, they're all healthy. They're going to walk. You're going to keep falling down and getting back up. And it's somewhere between probably six months to a couple of years old. You're going to end up walking because nobody ends up saying they're just going to be a crawler. And I think that's a great, you know, it's a great line. And I think that too many times uh, we do those things. It's just like, but we don't, we don't get mad that they're not immediately walking. Mm-hmm. I think that so many times, again, back to the instantness. And I have to, again, there's a number of reminders for me. This isn't a, I'm above this, but that like that instant world, we just, if you live in the phone at all and you use these apps at all, then you really have to train and develop a muscle that doesn't have you looking at an instant world. That is everything right. instant gratification. That is a, that, that creates expectations that everything you want can be had immediately. Like I'm all about get what you want, but simultaneously it doesn't mean like that's where the company I worked for right before this that I felt that was, and there's a lot of that out there. It's the creating these weird expectations that people are going to do stuff in, in very possible time frames, but t- typically unrealistic for most. Not that the goal is unrealistic, not that it can't be accomplished, but if I go in with a viewpoint that I'm going to do something in 30 days that I would have been able to do in three months, but I'm so convinced by the person selling it to me that it's going to happen in 30 days because all these people have. And then when I don't, I'm not like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do it no matter what. Like a lot of people are like, I guess it doesn't work or I guess I'm broken or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm a loser. And because that, there's so much of that on there, especially so many people have tried so many things or bought so many trainings or courses or how to's or how to make money or they're following the shiny object or the shortcut that the longevity mindset has just been forgotten. And so people don't know how to, to just love the journey. And I've had to continue to refall back in love with the taking the pressure off of that. Mm-hmm. I should be anywhere other than where I am right now. Um, right. And so, uh, you know, and that's why I don't talk a lot about this, but the biggest thing is, is that we can make as much money as we want. It's not that it's either, or, cause I used to think that do what you love and make less or do what you love and barely get by. You can make as much as you want. You're not a bad person. It's not a bad thing. You can help more people mm-hmm. with more money, but simultaneously, um, you know, even thinking about Alex and some of his stories that I mentioned, it's just like, he lived like he was poor, even when he was enormously wealthy. And now he, I mean, he literally just said in this interview, they spent 15 to 20,000 a month on eat out or eat now. But like, they're like, it's 1% of our total you know, monthly yearly, income, yearly income. You know what I mean? So it's like the equivalent of somebody else who <laughs> it's actually less than the person who makes five grand a month who spends a thousand is spending far more of their ratio of income. Mm-hmm than him, you know, making 4 million a month and spending 15,000, right? So it seems crazy to the average person, but like 
for me, the thing that I would, I probably should even share more. It's just like, you're, a, you, you have an easier ability to play the long game when your needs are very low. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I just think that for me, I know that now seeing where I see what I've been able to earn and decisions I want to make and playing that longer game, like what I need to be uh, like how I want to live my life on a base level. I've been making since I was 18, but I need almost double, almost triple that number because of the debt and the way I spent money and all, all these other things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I could work at McDonald's and make what I need to like, just live our base level life, but there's not just jobs that I have to earn. Like I want to, I am an entrepreneur, but like if you need to make 30 or $40,000 a year, there's a lot of jobs you can even get. But if you need to make $120,000 a year, there's not just jobs down the street and everywhere, like easily mm-hmm. being hired. Um, I mean, they're available. I'm not saying they're not in existence either, but, um, you know, so anyways, you know, that's, that's the thing that I had got myself into that some people who've made far less money than me have far more money than me simply because they were really smart with their money. Um, but that's why real quick, I'll say this, but that's also why a, a person who wins the lottery or isn't good at earning money has a lot of fear around money because they don't know how to fucking make it. Like I don't have a lot of fear in the moment right now because I do know my ability to earn and know what I have earned and what I can earn. So in the moment, in the short term, I don't have all that stress and anxiety, one that I used to, or that a lot of people have when they don't know how to even make money much on their own or or what they've Mm -hmm. earned has never been that much. So go ahead. What did you say? Well, also when it comes to just getting a job to make money, you got to figure what is the tax of that job on your soul? Sure. Like how much is it going to bother you? How much are you going to enjoy it? And I, I've said this before. I'm not somebody who likes to work retail, do fast food. I've done that. I've done restaurants. I've done those menial jobs that I can easily get. And I could make uh, the baseline living I need to off of it, but it starts to rot me away inside. And Well, I and, and when I say that, I simply mean... Like there's a guy named Sean Cannell I'm friends with who has a team mm-hmm. of 15 people with his business right now and teaches a lot around YouTube. And he's like, for 10 years, he had jobs while he worked on his side hustle that is most definitely now the main hustle. So all I was alluding to is simply mm-hmm. the less you need, the longer the game you can play. Mm-hmm. When you need a lot, you start making decisions that at times can be very hindering because I need money. Right. Right. So like for me, if I need money, some of the clients or things throughout my career that I would take, if I'm desperate are different than I'm like, I I don't need this right now. And the person who always typically wins is the person who doesn't need, uh, because then that's how people get deals. Like if I need your money and you're willing to pay me, but you're like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't have a thousand bucks. I'm like, Oh man. Cause I'm like, I really need the money. How about we do it for two fifty? you know, versus like, Nope, I'm good. You know, and then there's again this this ability to say no, which I believe also builds trust. It builds rapport, right? So mm-hmm. that ability when some people can need very little and they could have a part time job working 20 hours a week, and the rest they don't have to need their Instagram, their Facebook, their Chamber of Commerce, or anything to be making ten thousand dollars a month already. That's where some people I think were in corporate who 
have a $200,000 a year lifestyle from their $200,000 a year career want to transition into entrepreneurship, you know, at times, Mm -hmm. like you're not going to necessarily instantly start up a 200 plus thousand dollar a year, you know, side hustle or business. You may, but the likelihood's low. And so what happens is you're either one doing it simultaneously, but then that depends how much time you have, or you're the quitting, which is what I saw a lot of people at times do. And then they're going to these $50,000 masterminds and is burning through money until they run out. And then they're like scrambling because they thought they were going to, you know, be making $200,000 a year in, in three months, you know, or in six mm-hmm. months, because some of these people sell these promises that make people be like, buy my $2,000 thing. And in 90 days, you'll be making $25,000 a month, you know, and it's like, because they had one person who already had all the variables in place that came in and did do that. So they're not lying. You only need one person to not be lying. And then depending mm-hmm. on how you word something, you can make it seem like, you know, there's a million, but anyways, I do have to go here, my man. Yeah. Hopefully that, uh, sometimes I just love having the dialogue. You know, it's one of those, I joked right. about like when we get to the insight moment, I think you had that 40 minutes ago, but uh, <laughs> I love, uh, I love, right. I love having the dialogue and I hope that was uh, helpful, Mark. No, it was uh, definitely kind of refocuses some things. Recalibrate. Like I, just keep on recalibrating, keep that focus. So yeah. Keep building the, the momentum because you did something, you, you had stuff that worked. You've got stuff that, you know, work. If you just keep working that right now versus the the need to feel inadequate of learning a bunch of new um, skills. Right. So, well, I'm definitely going to be somebody as I grow as a professional, really focus a lot on delegation. That's great. Uh, it's because yeah, there's all takes me. I don't want to waste the energy yep. when I can put refocus it to something more productive Absolutely. and beneficial. So, Absolutely. either way, I'll let you go. Thank you, guys. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, my man. We'll see you, man. Right back at you. All right, Take and roll. All right, everybody. Peace out. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.